I give a warm welcome to Pastor Misty, who's bringing the word for us today. Good morning. So we, I learned this morning, I mean, I guess I knew a little bit, but uh, 9 o'clock service was kind of full, so there must be a game on today. We're officially into that fall season, although I'm not claiming fall until September 23rd, 1st, somewhere around there, I think. Uh, but I don't know about you, but yesterday was kind of an emotional day in my household. There's some stuff going on with the Raiders. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? But uh, Omar gets a pass today to preach because of his, his emotional state. Just kidding. It has nothing to do with that. I was scheduled. Um, but nonetheless... I hear that if the Patriots don't go to the Super Bowl, oh, if they do go to the Super Bowl, we will not be participating in football anymore in the Lara house. So some pretty strong feelings there, which leads me into that we are going to be talking about some of the stuff that goes on in our hearts this morning and our emotional state this morning. But before we go any further, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. God, for a new day. God, we thank you that your mercies are new every day. And God, we know that you have a message for us this morning. And Lord, I ask that you would anoint the words that come out of my mouth, that I would get out of the way, Lord, and that you would be able to speak your love and your truth to us this morning, to your people, God. Lord, I pray for every single person that's sitting in here today, God, that they would not leave Grace Church without experiencing your truth, your love, and your power in their life. We love you this morning, Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you've been with us over the last few weeks, um, months, we have been in our summer remix series, which is uh, really taking sermons from the past year and kind of revisiting them in a way. And this morning's message is a little bit of a combination of quite a few of those series. So you might hear some things and think, I've heard that before. And maybe you stuffed it away, and the Lord's going to bring it to surface, I believe, and remind you of some truth. So you might hear some things from um, Genesis. Anybody remember the Genesis series? Yeah, on relationships. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the matters of the heart and words to the wise. So if you um, took notes over this year, I encourage you this next week to go back and visit some of those um, things that the Lord spoke to you about during the, that series. Um, but as we, um, as I was studying and, and looking at, you know, these, the, the, past, the past things over this year, words to the wise and matters of the heart, and, and then we have all this drama going on with the Lara guys, with Raiders and all of that, and I began to think about what gets me to that spot of, angst, of, of um, emotion that it's like, <clears throat> do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like when something begins to rise up in you. And I, I thought back to when uh, that first began for me. Because see, I watched the movie Pollyanna. Anybody ever seen that movie? Okay. In the 80s? Yes. And 
As a little girl, I was determined that I was going to be Pollyanna. I was going to bring joy wherever I went. I didn't want people to be angry or mad. I wanted them to be happy. So that was my mission. Well, around 12 years old, something happened inside of me. <laughs> and I began to find myself in situations where it wasn't so easy to just be happy all the time and to bring joy to everyone around me. It's interesting that there are, I don't remember a whole lot of my life. I actually have a pretty bad memory. But there are a few situations that I remember really clearly. God must have knew I would use them one day in sermons. Um, but the very first fight that I ever found myself in happened to be with my sister. We are two and a half years apart. I'm in the middle of two girls. So we're each, I'm two years apart from each one of them. So, uh, we were at a, a youth event. It was an all-nighter youth event, up all night, had like awesome prayer time, ministry time. Anybody have youth group days like that? Yeah? yeah? All-nighter. So it's the next morning. My parents were part of the youth ministry. They were leadership in the church, and um, so all of their friends were the leaders. And something happened. I'm not sure. I don't quite remember what started it. But nonetheless, my sister and I ended up on the floor, full-on fight, fists, wrestling. My earrings got ripped out of my ears, blood. To say the least, we got in a lot of trouble. My parents were quite embarrassed, and I was grounded for a while. And that, that was that. Never really, like I said, I don't even remember what started it, right? Well, then that leads us to a little bit later on where my sister came into my room and began to say she wasn't going to leave my room and that I had to make her leave my room. Well, something deep inside of me, even my voice changed, and I began to speak with a growl, and I began to use swear words that I have never used before, and not just the light kind of swear words, but the worst kind of swear words, screaming at her in this growl voice. And she thought it was hilarious that Pollyanna Misty was not so much Pollyanna anymore, so she still would not leave. So it escalated and escalated. Didn't say anything to my parents. I was just so mad, I think I ended up leaving. Like, she wasn't obviously holding her ground. The next day, we get home from school, and there's a three-page letter from my dad explaining that the fight that we had the day before Somehow, we had called my mom's work phone, and her answering machine recorded the entire dialogue. <laughs> and back in that day, you know, it was an answering machine where you have to push the button, and everybody listens to it. It's not like you can hear it on your... And he began to express, now, my dad, this is just him. We never had a face-to-face -face confrontation about this. He began to express that he hopes that I asked for forgiveness for the words that I used. And really, what he was doing was getting to the heart of the matter. Now, ultimately, they, my parents think this is hilarious. They love retelling this story because it's embarrassing to me. I'm trying to remember things not to do when my kids are adults, right? But why am I telling you these embarrassing stories of myself? 
it's not just to entertain you for a while, but it's to identify with you that sometimes we have a rage inside of us. We have Hulk moments, right? <laughs> there are times, wasn't just then, as I've gotten older, there are times when Misty the Hulk comes out. Sometimes it's with my kids, sometimes it's with my husband. But ultimately, there is a reason why that's happening. And whether it's anger, maybe you don't have a situation where it's anger that's coming out, but there's some sort of emotion that is connected to something that you haven't been able to get to the bottom of. And it continues to show itself in different ways. And this morning, I believe that the Lord wants us to get to the root of some of those things. See, as Christians, we can often find ourselves in a, um, in a place where we say, we just need to pray through it. We're not praying enough. You're acting that way because you're not praying enough. And when we do that, we bypass the root. We bypass what's actually happening, what's causing that to happen. We have to get to the place where we dig deep and we get to the heart of the matter. See, we can convince ourselves that, I have water with a straw, just like. We can convince ourselves that um, for the sake of other people's feelings, we need to just deal. We need to figure it out on our own. Right? But see, our feelings and our emotions are all tied together. Do you know that they're part of your spiritual life as well? And if we want to grow spiritually, we need to be able to grow emotionally. We need to be able to allow the Lord to examine those inner parts of us that still have some things that need to be addressed. Do you know that we have an emotional God? He gave us our emotions. Feeling angry is not a bad thing. Feeling sad, feeling joy, feeling excitement. These are all good things. He gave us these things, but the example that we have from our God is that he is an emotionally healthy God. And he wants to teach us how to handle our emotions how to respond instead of react in those moments when we have our feelings that feel so strong because our feelings don't need to define us. He gave us that ability to feel those things. The Bible says that Jesus wept. When Lazarus died, Jesus wept. He felt that emotion. He felt that grief. He feels the grief for us when we don't believe. But what did he do with that grief? He turned it around and used it for power. He turned around and used it for life. We can learn to do the same. See, our emotions, they're at war within ourselves, right? We want to be calm. We want to respond instead of react. But it's this constant battle. When we think about infants, how, how do infants communicate? They cry, right? They're showing emotion. 
when they're happy, oh man, when you get to see the first smiles, isn't it amazing? When you look at a, a baby who's just smiling and then begins to laugh, it just brings joy. If it doesn't bring joy to you, something is wrong with you. Like, it is just the best thing, right? But we all have that. We can go to another country. We can interact with people, not speak the same language, but we have the same type of emotion because it's God-given. So here's the thing. If the enemy can trip us up in our emotions, how much do you think he wants to do that? Because it involves all of humanity. And if we are not emotionally healthy, if we are not in a place where we are able to control those feelings through the spirit, then relationships are destroyed. Then peace cannot happen. We see in Genesis 3, well, we see in the beginning of Genesis, actually, that when sin came into the world, that is when the first negative emotions were ever felt. The serpent told Eve, if you eat of this fruit, you will know between good and evil. All she knew was good, right? She then gave into that temptation. And what happened? Adam and Eve felt shame. They felt separated. They felt like they had to hide. They felt all of a sudden, something was missing that was there between the, them and God the Father, right? Genesis 3.22 says, the, the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. We see from the fall of man that emotions have played a huge part in our actions. Check out the first mention of anger in Genesis 4.4. Now, Adam, and knew, Adam knew Eve, his wife. Basically, that means Adam had sex with Eve, and she conceived and bore a son, right? And then she bore another son. Omar's saying, I just wanted to say that. I can hear him whispering. Now Abel was a keeper of a sheep and Cain a worker of the ground. And in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Think about the feelings that he was feeling in that moment, the emotions that he was experiencing. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. If we read on, we see that Cain ended up killing his brother. The very first murder of mankind came out of jealousy and anger. When we think about the center of our emotions, we think of the heart, right? Our emotional well-being is a matter of the heart. And God gives us this example of the heart throughout the entire word of God. 
He gives us a command to care for our heart over and over and over again. One of those is Proverbs 4, 23. It says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do. Cain was so jealous of Abel. He thought that what he brought wasn't good enough. He felt that the only way to become greater was to bring forth death. God warned him and said, you must rule over those thoughts. Because those thoughts will what? They will turn into sin. And that's what happens if we do not guard our heart. The emotions that we feel, if they are not guarded and they are not presented and surrendered to the Father and his word, and we don't allow the Holy Spirit to align with them, then we can easily fall into the trap of sin. Often our quarrels or our, our fights with people come from something inside of us that needs to be addressed. James says this, James 4, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions, meaning there's something going on in your heart. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealousy over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. We are all sinners, right? This, this doesn't portray to one without the other. If you are living and breathing, you have experienced sin in your life, and you are in need of a savior. Jesus addressed the same issue in Matthew. Here we see that the Pharisees and the religious leaders were more concerned about the things of the law than the heart. They were more concerned about what people were doing and their behavior instead of what was happening inside. See, there was an issue that the disciples broke the laws by not washing their hands before they ate. They were more, the religious leaders and the Pharisees were more concerned about behavior modification instead of the heart. And, we, and Jesus said to them, do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and it is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart and this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Oftentimes we can justify the matters of the heart because of what's happening outside. We can't get a pure heart by making things better on the outside. We can't get a pure heart by forcing things 
to be. And do you know what comes with a pure heart? Peace. Peace comes with a pure heart. And oftentimes we think, if only this will happen, then we'll have the peace we long for. If only I could find a good man or a good woman, I will have peace. If only... <laughs> if only we could have the kids have peace. If only we had the house, we could gain peace. Nothing on the outside. No more money. Nothing will bring us the peace that our heart desires. Nothing will bring us the purity of peace that our heart yearns for. Psalms 51.10 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. See, a pure heart is not a perfect heart. And we can easily get that mixed up. A pure heart is a surrendered heart. It's recognizing that we need God. We can't do it on his own. David wrote, create in me a pure heart, renew a steadfast spirit within me. He was a man after God's heart, but let me tell you, he made a lot of mistakes. He responded or reacted in a lot of ways that he had to go back and make things right. He had to go back to the Father and say, I messed up. Create in me a clean heart. We learn from David that if we want our heart to change, that means we have to surrender our heart. And steadfast means to be determined. It means to be confident in who we are in God. Confident that if God says he's going to do this for me, he's going to do it. So create in me a pure heart, God. Create in me a clean heart, God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Renew a confidence that I have in you, God, that you will help me through your Holy Spirit to be able to be who I want to be, who my desire to be is aligned with you. Who we are at the core of us represents who God is to us. The Bible says to guard our hearts now, when I hear guard, I imagine someone ready, like, ready to protect themselves, right? Like, when I got in fights with my sisters, it was like, I wasn't ready. <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't ready. That's why I ended up on the ground with my earrings ripped out. I wasn't ready, right? But when I think of guarding, I think about those awesome fights. And I, I don't really watch fights. The, the mama in me starts to come out, and I'm like, oh. Uh, but Omar and Trey, they like to watch fights, right? And so sometimes Rocky. Now, I do like a good Rocky movie. Anybody with me? Good Rocky movie? Okay. So with Rocky, what does he do? He goes into the ring. He has a coach in the corner cheering him on, encouraging him. He's got his helmet. He's got his mouthpiece. He's got his gloves. He comes ready for the fight. He knows how to guard himself. We need to guard our heart like we're going to get the bad stuff beat out of us, <laughs> right? We need to guard our heart in such a way that if we don't, if we don't, we're going to miss out on a lot of what God has for us because we're going to get beaten down over and over again because of the things that we can so easily allow inside of us. 
when we're not guarding. Rocky doesn't go into the ring without a plan. He doesn't go into the ring without training. He's got his coach in his corner. Coach sees his blind spots, right? Somehow Rocky's able to hear the coach amongst all the cheering, all the, the stuff. We have to get to the place where even in the midst of life and the busyness and the here and there, that we are hearing the voice of God, that we are hearing our ultimate coach. The Holy Spirit is our coach. He's giving us the strength and the ability to fight for the purity of our heart. And it's when that happens that we're able to identify our emotions and not run wild with our emotions, not cause heartache with our emotions. So how do we get to this place where we can protect our heart from these things that defile us? Number one is self-awareness. According to Jesus, what we say and what we do is a reflection of what's going on inside. When things come out that are opposite of the fruit of the spirit, we shouldn't overlook it just pass it by and say, oh, I had a bad day. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. You, you did, because it was somewhere in your heart. You said it, right? It shouldn't be, oh, I made a mistake. I'm going to get over it. Well, first, you need to identify it. First, you need to get to the root. Now, yes, there is a point when it is like you need to believe truth over you. But you have to know what you're believing truth in. And I'm going to be so bold to tell you that sometimes you need help with this self-awareness. Sometimes there is hormonal imbalancement that is causing the way God made our makeup. There are things that can cause our body to react with our emotions. And if you need help to identify that, it's okay and it's good. I will be the first to tell you, I take medication for my brain and I need it but I still have to work on my heart. Yeah, right. I still have to get to the place yeah. of surrendering my heart and recognizing the things inside of me. What gets me to that moment of Hulk or what gets me to the moment of heartache, anxiety, Tears that are uncontrollable, can't be around people, nobody wants to be around me. Like obviously there's something going on that needs to be addressed. So we have to be self-aware. We have to be willing to be self-aware. Why did I say that? Why did I react that way? What, what made me get offended by that person's comment? Oftentimes we can look at other people and think, well, if they wouldn't have said that, if they wouldn't have done that, you are only responsible for you and how you are responding. Again, it's okay to have, like God gave us these emotions. We need them. It's okay to be sad, angry. It's okay to have emotions. But Jesus wants to help us to know how to respond with those emotions that will bring life, that will bring hope that will bring healing. And he wants to heal those areas in our heart that we can't seem to get past. The second thing we need to do is we need to listen to our coach. Who's our coach? The Holy Spirit. But see, in order to listen, we have to cut out distractions. 
We have to make the listening part of our daily life. God said, be still and know that I am God. Do we have time in our days to be still? Or do we go through our prayer time, check, read the Bible, check. But see, if we really wanna guard our heart, we have to carve out time to be still. Psalms 139, 23 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. David wrote this. Again, David, a man who made mistake after mistake, but he came to this place. Know me and know my thoughts. Help me to change my ways. I can't do it on my own. I've tried and I keep messing up. Remember, a surrendered heart is not a perfect heart. It's a surrendered. It's getting to that place of really being before the Lord and allowing him to speak his truth into us through the word of God, not just hearing it and walking away and not doing anything with it, but allowing his power through the word to change our hearts. When we go to a doctor for a yearly physical, what's the first thing they do? Paperwork, yes, that is true. But once you're sitting on the bench, they begin to listen to your heart. Because the heart in the physical is what keeps our life going. If that heart stops, we're done, right? God, in all his amazingness, gave us this analogy of our heart that goes so much in line with our physical. Our spiritual being, our, the very core of who we are, needs as much attention as our physical heart. The third thing we need to do is we need to practice. One of the most challenging things as a parent is trying to get a child to realize that if they want to become good at something, it takes practice. There's like one person I know who could run a marathon without ever even training for it. But that doesn't happen very often. The best athletes are athletes that are putting the practice in. They're committed. They have time. The best musicians, they are practicing. They are continuing to learn. They are continuing to educate themselves. Doctors, they are called a prey of a practice because they are continuing to educate themselves. Yeah. If we want to guard our heart, if we want to have a pure heart, if we want to operate with a clean heart, then we have to practice daily surrendering ourselves to the Lord, to the Holy Spirit, to allow him to do the searching, to allow him to show us the things. We have to be willing to do the hard work. And that might be counseling every single week for a year. And it's hard. But the fruit that comes of that yeah. will last forever. But it's a choice that we have to make. Yeah. Matthew 5, 8 said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. When we surrender ourselves and we allow God to purify us, when we allow the Holy Spirit to be part of who we are, we see God. 
We get to experience blessing. We get to have joy, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of a storm, even in the midst of pain that will come. That's when we can have peace. That's when our heart is pure. We get to see God. Our hearts are made up of a lot of things, both physical, spiritual, emotional, intellectual, morals, all of it is coming from, from this core. It's known to be a place that houses our strengths and our passion. Our heart will direct our paths. But if our heart isn't aligned with God's heart, if our heart isn't surrendered, then our heart can lie to us. We can often find ourselves justifying stuff because we're believing the lies of our heart. But if it doesn't line up with the word of God, that's how you will know what is true and not true of your heart. And you won't know that unless we're living in the surrendering, unless we're living in the create in me a new heart, oh God. So going back to my knockout fight with my sister, more so the verbal fight <laughs> and the way that my dad responded. And this is where I'm, I am so grateful for a father who knows the love of God the Father because this situation really did shape my view of God the Father because he took time to get to my heart. There are times when we will have immediate consequences for our actions. But even as a parent myself, how often am I reacting with the Hulk sometimes? I'm tired. Who knows what's going on at work in any of your relationships? But so often we can look at the outside circumstances, the, the the stuff around us instead of looking at the heart. And God is looking at the heart today. He desperately wants your heart. He desperately wants you to know his love and his hope in those areas where you feel like, I messed up. That's the whole reason Jesus came. So that he can heal those areas, he can bring light to those areas, he can show you how to overcome those areas and not have to live in that anymore. But it starts with surrendering. And this morning, we're gonna do things a little bit different. Omar's gonna come up and he's gonna lead us into some questions to ask ourselves. Sometimes we can think, well, what does that really mean to pray a prayer every day? Search my heart, oh God. And he's gonna give us some practical questions to really think about now and to carry with you. Good job. So good. So many things to really settle into and go, God, where am I in this whole thing? I think there were some things that she said that may have just readily resonated with you and said, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. And, I've sat 
on this side many times of messages like this, and I agree with 100% of it, but sometimes I walk away going, I don't really know how to practically do that. Like, I agree, but I'm not really sure how to really do the practicing part. And so what I felt that we needed to do this morning is have a moment to practice this, what it looks like, how it could be modeled for you so that every day you can slow down, take a pause moment, get with the Lord, and allow him to examine your heart. What I loved about this this idea of, of an examination is that it takes some time. You don't rush through it. You wanna make sure that it, everything's checked. And so just imagine the questions that we're gonna ask ourselves as like just getting a checkup, just seeing what's there. Because we might not have done this. No one ever taught me how to do this, you know? And, and people taught me how to behave right, and I figured that out in society, but no one really told me how to guard my heart, taught me how to process through emotions and feelings in, in a biblical way. And so I hope that this helps. hope this is a practice that we all do daily with the Lord. So what I'm going to ask you to do in this moment, is if you could just close your eyes, just so that there's no distractions and you're really sincerely going before the Lord right now with an open heart. Just like the scripture says when you said, when David said, examine my heart. And you need to ask yourself, begin with asking, is, there, is, is my heart okay? Maybe some of us struggle with a broken heart, a hurt heart. There's brokenness in our heart we've not really dealt with. And maybe right now you're recognizing that. You're being aware of maybe that's what's going on. You need to ask yourself, am I mad at anybody right now? Is there anybody right now in my circle, in my world, where when I think of their name or hear their name, it brings anger, rage? Ask yourself, am I waiting for somebody to respond to me in a certain way and they haven't done it yet? Ask yourself, do things come out of my mouth on a regular basis that I have to apologize for? Ask yourself, have I secretly celebrated someone's failure this past week? Ask yourself, is there any secrets that I'm keeping that's eating me up? Is there anything going on in my life that I hope no one knows about? Is there something in my life that makes me feel embarrassed about myself, brings me shame that it, I'm hoping that no one asks me about this. I live in fear of that.
lastly, have I recently lied to somebody that I love? Friends, this is what it means to allow the Lord to examine your heart as these answers come up and areas are exposed and now it's your time to respond. And I loved what Misty said is that a pure heart is one of a posture of surrender. And so right now, whatever it was brought up, whatever emotions or feelings that these questions brought, will you bring those before the Lord right now? Will you be honest with him, with yourself, and begin with just coming before God and saying, God, yes, I identify this. I identify this area. It's lodged itself into my heart, and I'm asking you to remove it. I'm asking to help me in this area. Let me pray. Father, I just lift up my friends today, God, that may even be for the first time admitting, God, that there, there is something there. God, I'm thankful, God, that it's in this atmosphere right now, God, that it's in this place right now, God, that we are totally safe to be open and vulnerable with you, God, that you could do that work that you promised to do, God, and that we are pausing for this moment to allow you, God, to it, to just work through that. And I pray for anyone here that's feeling this weight of that, whatever that is, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's anger, whether it's sadness, pain, whatever those things are, God, that they surrender to you right now that they bring it before you, that they speak it up for you, God, say, God, this is an area I need you. And God, I lift up my friends today, God, that may be struggling with just a broken heart, God. And it's crippled them to love others. I pray right now, God, that they ask for healing in Jesus' name, God. You can heal that part of us, God. Nothing else will, Lord. You have the power to do it, and you will continue to do it. So I pray, God, that they surrender that part too. Can we stand to our feet? Let's keep that posture of prayer. Let's close out a prayer and let's sincerely bring our, our, our hearts before God and say, God, Father, Help me to guard my heart. Come on, let's pray. Father, I pray that as we take this moment, God, as we practice this discipline out of stopping, pausing, and responding to you. God, I pray that as we walk out of here, God, that we would be more vigilant about guarding our hearts, God, that we would be, we'd be mindful of what comes in and what comes out, Lord God, that we would grab the scriptures, God, that we would apply them to our lives, God, that we would ask for help, that we would get support with one another, God. You've blessed us with a place like this, with relationships all around us that we can lean on and help us through these hard moments in life. You have not left us, God. You're gonna continue to lead us forward in our lives and in this church, Lord. We thank you for that. We give you all the praise and all the honor in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen.